I respectfully disagree podcast. This is going to be episode 112. Um, this is a topic that I find very important based on what's going on in the entire country at this current time. And that topic is going to be education and the fact that we're having an issue with more and more teachers deciding to go into early retirement or just completely walk away from the classroom. And on this episode, I've invited Mara Shane. Met him through a friend of mine, uh, Charles, who's also been on the podcast. This is a great dude. And he's been in education now for 12 years. So I felt like it would be a great conversation to have with a different face. And you're currently in Georgia. So instead of me, you know, bringing people on from Kentucky and things like that, just kind of keeping it in house. I think it's interesting to get a point of view from outside of Kentucky, because like I said, I've been reading articles and things and I feel like this is going on in a lot of different places. So first of all, man, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's my honor. Much uh, appreciated. You know, I actually listen to the podcast, you know, so I'm a big, big fan of it. Definitely appreciate that, man. Definitely. And um, like I said, you've been in the education field for 12 years now. So just kind of elaborate on that, because I I think it's it's important to talk about, because as we go through this conversation, like I said, I want to highlight why we feel teachers are leaving. But I also want to touch on what I feel like is important, and that's having more males in the classroom. I think that would be a big help to fix some of these generational things that's going on in terms of behavior or giving young boys different role models, different perspectives in the Mm -hmm. classroom. So you being involved in education for quite some time, it's like, what made you want to go that route? Like, why did you choose education in terms of a career path? Man, honestly, um, when I, when I initially went to college, I kind of didn't have a clue of what I wanted to do. Um, so by my second year, I always knew I did. I will say I knew I wanted to coach. I was, you know, big basketball guy. Um, I knew I wanted to coach and, uh, my greatest influence as I, you know, continued through college and started to reflect my greatest influence was a teacher. He was a black male. Um, his name was coach Joe Cagle. Um, he's from my hometown in Missouri and, uh, you know, just seeing him every day on a day-to-day basis, uh, just the way he carried himself way he was respected and honored throughout the community and just the love that, you know, he poured into me, poured into me like I was his own child. Um, so as I continue, you know, through my second year of college, it kind of just clicked. And I'm like, you know, I want to major in education. I want to have the same impact that uh, Coach Cagle had on me. So that's what made me just want to go into it and do it. And uh, it's got to be something that's really within your heart. You know, when you make Absolutely. a decision, you want to be an educator. It's got to be something that's really just in you. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, I'm married to a teacher, you know, my, my wife is a teacher and I wanted her on this conversation, but I guess for her, you know, she works with uh, special needs children. So she was kind of talking about how like her perspective on this situation is kind of different versus being in a regular cl- classroom because, you know, her, yeah. her students are kind of different. So she was like, I'll leave that up to y'all. And, you know, I, I respect her decisions, but like you said, you got, you got to have a big heart for that. And I'm glad that you touched on it, that, you had an influence from a male teacher. You know what I'm saying? Because 
like I said, I want to dive into that a little bit later, but I, I honestly feel like that's important and you are the proof of that. So here in Louisville, I've been reading articles and articles and with school getting ready to start back in, in about two weeks, we've had almost 200 teachers either early retirement or just put in their uh, resignation. And I found that to be very alarming considering that, you know, school starts back, you know, students return back on the 10th. And right now it's like to the point to where I've even seen, you know, on Facebook, they're like, Hey, we're looking for teachers hiring, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that to me is just like, it's mind blowing to know that we're at a point where there's a shortage of teachers. Like even here, there's a shortage on bus drivers. Like, man, they had a, a drive the other day where they're just like, if you're welcome, you got the credentials. We need as many bus drivers as we can get. And is it the same way down there or similar or what? Like, that's yeah, crazy. Very, I mean, basically the same way, man. Uh, just working, you know, like I say, in the field, teachers, they're, they're leaving, man. They're leaving and uh, they're going to all these other different careers. Um, some of them are getting into the tech field, just starting off like I know a couple of people this summer I knew got into like these data analyst jobs. Uh, but just giving going to something that's a little bit more chill. The bus driver situation is a very, very big deal here. Um, it's one of the reasons like how the county, like like the way that the county flows the buses, um, they use the same bus drivers for middle school, elementary, middle school and high school. So just because it is a shortage. Um, like sometimes starting off at the beginning of the year, we had kids at the school till 545 We get out at 430 just because we don't have enough bus drivers. So drivers are having to go drop kids off and then come back to the school and get bus drivers. I mean, to get uh, more students, you know, just to come. So it's a big shortage on bus drivers here. And like you say, the teachers, they're leaving, man, especially the older teachers. They're leaving. They're, they're leaving. And uh, they're seeing a lot of things that they don't like. And honestly, I'm, I'm glad you went there because I, I feel like that's important as well, because, you know, growing up for me, a lot of my, you know, early elementary and stuff, the teachers were of age, but you could tell that they had a true passion for it and right. they actually cared about us. Like right. they were hands on if certain students, you know, were, were slow with grasping the concepts they went and tried to help that child until everybody caught up where I feel like nowadays because of the behavior alone, a lot of that passion has kind of gone out the window. And it's just like now teachers are almost looking at this like a nine to five in a right. sense. I agree. And it's like that, that passion is no longer there. And like you said, you know, with, uh, teachers that have been there and seasoned into this and they're looking at some of the changes that's going on, whether it's behavior, whether it's how they can correct these kids in the classroom. I don't know how it is there, but I know several schools here. It's like they're trying everything that they can not to suspend students. They're, you know, regardless of what's going on, they're trying to keep them in the building and just work with them. But every single day is just like, the same kids over and over and over. And that's, that's gotta right. get tiring. You know what I'm saying? Like teachers are burnt out. So if I know I can go ahead and retire early, then I'm out. That's, that's why I agree. Yeah. That, that, that's one of the big things here too. Like you say, that, that has called the, uh, that's called in the burnout effect or whatever. Um, and it leads to administrators, not trusting these teachers who are 
season, you know, seasoned teachers, you know, they've been around a long time. And so when they had a, a strategy or whatever that's been working with kids, you may have even a younger administrator automatically try to tell this older teacher, you know, of what to do and how they should do it. And it just creates a lack of trust, you know, it creates a lack of trust. And sometimes to these older teachers is demoralizing and just showing up over and over. And let's be honest, as you get older, you got a little bit less patience. Um, and so dealing with something that you, you know, you've had great success at, but some of them just throw their hands up and they're like, Hey, I can't do this anymore. You know, it gets to be a little bit, um, you know, it just gets to be a little bit tiring, especially like even in my situation, um, I'm currently out of the classroom now moving to a administrative role. Well, my last couple of years were like that, just trying to work with kids, trying to help them. And I'm not a big fan of suspension, um, mm-hmm. but I do also believe kids sometimes should have to be, you know, you should have to get some type of punishment um, for your actions, you know, um, and, and working at schools like Title I schools, which are considered low income schools. A lot of these kids don't get suspended because of what their parents are going through and what they went through. Honestly, I didn't grow up with a lot of money either, but my parent wanted me to go to school and wanted me to behave. That wasn't an excuse for me to go and be disrespectful to the teachers or just to go fight in different things like that. So let's call it an influctuation of, you know, these teachers just leaving in mass ways. It's, you know, just undermines them and undermines their integrity of what they can actually do um, with these kids or whatever. So it's just creating a big divide between administration and the teachers. And, you know, the teachers started putting up with it. They're leaving, man. It is tough mentally to show up to every day when you know you're going to be disrespected, you know you're going to be undermined. When you try to collaborate with the administration, they basically just blow you off and different things like that. I've seen it all, man. And it, it just, it just, you know, it makes the teachers, they just tired of and they just leave. Absolutely, man. And honestly, man, when, when people hear this, especially people here, they're going to commend you for even expressing that because I know a lot of people that feel the same exact way. So, so going, my bad, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you did. Going back to what you were saying in terms of, you know, growing up, how you were raised and things like that, because I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It was like my parents knew, hey, you better go to school. You better listen. Don't be causing no disruptive nothing. Because if I hear about it, you're going to have to deal with me when you get back home. Right. And I feel like that's a lot of the aspect that's gone as well. Because nowadays, a lot of the teachers are getting into it with the parents, even when they're trying to say, hey, your kid is causing a lot of disruption here in the room. We're trying to correct them, blah, blah, blah. But now it's a a shouting match back and forth with the parents. I see it every day because I volunteer to coach where my wife teaches at. So they're a title one as well. So a lot of the things that, that you were saying is like, I understand it. She tells me about it. I see it firsthand every day. And it's like there is a a burnout because just me coaching two hours Monday through Thursday, I see a lot of what you guys see constant. And I'm saying to myself, if I can't handle it for two hours, I take my cap off to y'all for waking up every day, going back into that grind. And it's just it's crazy. And also, I don't know how it is there, but for some of the underperforming schools here, they're trying to offer incentives in terms of increasing the salary just to give that motive for teachers to come in to try to help some of these underperforming schools because a lot of teachers are leaving there. And there's a lot right. of different factors that plays into that as well. And I'm, I'm saying to myself, it's like as a whole, 
like where are we going as a country in terms of education because that's a fear of mine having young children like my oldest child is 10 and you it's almost like you're watching it collapse in a sense right i agree it's scary i, I totally agree it's definitely like you say it's, it's definitely scary man um it, it it is like kind of collapsing right in our face um you know just to see some of the things that's just going on on a daily basis um and like you say, the thing with the parents, I've had situations to where parents are upset at me just for honestly, just being very stern with young men and just trying to teach them the right thing, what to do and to lead them in their life. And, you know, being a black male in the classroom, when I'm dealing with these young black men that I deal with, I try to teach them, you know, give them a cosmopolitan of what really society is going to be like for you. Uh, even though some of the things that you may do, you may consider kitty and over and over and over, but I, honestly, for our boys, we don't get opportunities like that over and over to misbehave and do things, you know, in society. It's just yeah. not the same, you know. It's it's not fair, but I mean, that's just that the reality that we deal with. So dealing with young men and, and trying to teach them the right way. I've had some women, you know, honestly, and it's most of the time it's it's been women. They they give me a hard time. They're the the kids at that age. Honestly, middle school, some of them are the man of the house, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like. How can you tell me something I don't even get told what to do at home? So exactly. you trying to tell me so you trying to tell me something and I do what I want to do at home. I make the decisions. I do this at home. I do certain actions at home and you're trying to tell me what to do. So the kids and you know and, and there's no knock on them but they struggle with that, you know. When you're a kid, you only know you only go by what you can do and what you've been taught. So it's really hard to, you know, to even get upset at the kid because that's all they've been taught and that's that's what they learn. But I've had some kids, you know, removed from my classes just for me being stern with them. And the mama's usually, you know, my baby, you know, you're giving them a hard time, this and that, that. And I always tell them, look, you know, he's a young black man. I'm a black teacher. I would never tell any student, black, white, anything, the wrong thing, what to do or whatever. I'm actually trying to save him from going down that rabbit hole of uh, just doing silly things or whatever that can lead to incarceration and different things like that. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of the kids that, you know, they kind of did. Parents let them do things. When they got to high school, they end up either dropping out or you end up seeing them on the news or something like that. So, yeah, man, it, it, it plays a big role in it, you know, that, that parental support. Like you say, you don't have to be financially well off to be supportive of your child's education. And I think that's a big misconception that we get in education, you know, just because my child goes to a certain Title I school or something like that, I don't have to be supportive. Um, or sometimes they just send them to school and think that's enough. Like, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. send you to school. I don't really know what's going on with you and that's enough. So the kids kind of just doing whatever they want to. And uh, it just leads to total chaos, man. It, it, it can be really chaotic at times. I absolutely agree yet again. And that's why I'm telling you like, man, just hearing you, say all of this and it's like dude I'm, I'm so glad that you're on this episode because i was just i was picking my brain and i was like i'm trying to figure out who i want to have this conversation with because i feel like it's extremely important and i don't know if you and charles have ever had this conversation but we've never had a black teacher ever yeah. wow. and it was maybe my junior or senior year of high school when they finally hired african-american librarian but even with that she was never in the classroom and honestly from kindergarten to 12th i think i've had three male teachers total 
And it's one of those things, you know, like you said, we didn't have a lot of wealth and stuff. So it was just one of them things where, you know, our parents were just constantly encouraging us to get an education, do this and do that. And for me, school just kind of came off easy. So I, I made good grades, honor graduate, things like that. It wasn't until I got to college where the the challenge actually came because now I got so many different distractions and things like that. Right. And I'm one of them people where I could memorize well. So I would just cram the night before a test and just regurgitate it back mm-hmm. into, you know, taking the test or whatever. But when I got to college, I realized that don't work at all. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel like if I had somebody that would have been more hands-on, talk to me, give me different examples and things. I feel like I might've been more career driven as well because I, I walked on campus for almost two years before I even declared. And I went into communication thinking it's, it's an easy way out. It's like, Oh, they told me that as long as I have a degree, I'm going to be set. I'm going to be this and that. And not even having a taste of the real world coming from a small area. I got punched in the mouth with reality as soon as I graduated. And I was just like, man, so hearing you say that you're trying to talk to these kids, give them a reality check early so that they can focus and make decisions with a with a thinking cap on versus right. just like I'm just going to live life and whatever comes comes it's like nah man. So definitely salute to you and that's why lastly you're you're hitting it on the head in terms of why it's important to have males, especially African-American males, because we just did a couple of episodes. Um, I forgot the numbers, but we were talking about our youth and how we can reach and make better decisions for our youth, because here in Louisville, we're having a like violence, gun violence. I'll start there. Gun okay. violence here in Louisville, the, the middle schools, especially the number of fights and stuff that is being documented on a regular basis, that plays a factor in everything that we're talking about in terms of teachers no longer wanting to deal with it. But at the end of the day, throw the school aspect out of it. Like you're saying, these kids need a role model. They need guidance. They need somebody that's constantly talking to them. And that's where I feel like, in my opinion, if they had more representations in the classroom of people that they can relate to share similar experiences, then I feel like they might respect it more. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, like you say, it, it, it's huge for them to just to see um, somebody that looks like them in, in that position um, or whatever. And honestly, what helped me once I got into the classroom and um, getting to know the kids, I kind of understand their lingo, you know, that uh, I'm in Atlanta. It's big on hip hop, you know, it's big, it's, it's big thing in the culture and just kind of understanding, you know, how they operate. Sometimes you have to be able to kind of stoop to their level and actually understand what they're talking about or whatever. You got you got to meet them where they are. But sometimes you're trying to talk all educated and stuff in a superficial way. They they don't resonate with that with sometimes. Now, once you're able to draw them in, then you can talk to them about how to talk, how to how to dress and different things like that. And so once they would see me do certain things they would understand like you know you don't have to be a certain way um just because of how you dress or different things like that so 
I think with a lot of my students, you know, over time, once they got to know me and they just seen, you know, the influence that I, I can have on them just by conversations, talking to them, talking to their moms, dad, showing up to their games. That's a big thing. A lot that's of my huge. students play sports. They love to see me at their games, man. It was such a big deal. Um, a lot of them work at the grocery stores near me now. I have three grocery stores near me, and man, I see so many of them out, and it just it's so heartwarming because literally every time I see them, it's just such big hugs and handshakes, Absolutely. and um, they're they're excited for me to actually see that they're working, you know, because um, they know when I used to be in the classroom, I used to tell them, I, I taught math, so just teaching them about how you're going to use math in the real world, how you're going to count your money, how you're going to do this, and so when they see me in these stores and stuff like that, man, it's just such a wonderful thing and some of them you know actually tell you mr foreman you was right i know i you used to be fussing at me but you was right you know about how things are going and i was playing out for me so them seeing me just just on a day-to-day basis man i i I can count thousands of conversations that i've had with these kids man um boys and girls so just about doing the right thing um and staying consistent and staying positive and teaching them that you know every day is not going to be perfect um but just try to make your week you know each week better than the last or whatever. And that kind of just give you a little bit of longevity in life about doing the right thing. So it's a big deal, man. Them seeing us on a day-to-day basis, lots of positivity. I love it, man. I love it. And that's why, you know, piggybacking off of what you just said, my wife is a teacher. Her sister's a teacher. Her brother's a teacher. Her mother was a teacher. And the same things. It's like when we're out for dinner and stuff, and different people come in and they're like, oh, Miss Ward, you know, talking to my mother-in-law and they're coming up, giving her a hug, doing the same exact things that you're talking about. And she's been out of the classroom for quite some time now. So just uh-huh. that impact alone, same way with my wife, like she gets so much recognition outside of work and the things that she does. And I tell people all the time, that's where the passion comes in. And like you said in the beginning, having the heart for it. And I feel like as educators, that's the most key aspect of it all. Now, right. once you lose that, you get what we're seeing now. Correct. I totally agree. And it's just, you know, like, and, go ahead, go ahead. And, and some, some of the things that, that that's, that's one of the biggest things why the teachers are leaving because they're feeling like their passion is being taken away from them, their passion, their creativity, um, just how to operate on a day-to-day basis and kids. Because honestly, man, you you know, being out the classroom last year was my first year. So I, I got to see both sides of it, you know, from my experience as a teacher and from an administrative role. Man, honestly, if you're not in them classes on a day-to-day basis, you really don't know the full dynamics. You can come in, observe, and see parts of it, but you really don't know unless you're in the class with these kids on a day-to-day basis, um, the impact that these teachers are having on them and how to operate. So some schools are want teachers to be like robots, you know, of, of how they handle things or whatever. And that takes their passion away. Teachers become teachers because they're creative. They're, like you say, they're a big heart. Um, they know how to get to kids. They know how to get on these kids level and, and talk to them in the correct way and just get them to do the right thing. So when that is stripped away from a teacher, I think, you know, it just eats at their core, man. And that's why a lot of them, you know, I've seen many that resign and, you know, they cry. You know, it's it's a big deal that they're leaving because they feel like something is being taken away from them. And, man, they, they just decide to go, you know. So that's I would say that's the biggest thing that why a lot of them are leaving, too. You know, they're taking their their heart is being taken away from them about what they're really, really passionate about. Absolutely. So it's like I didn't want to tie 
the conversations because I know two people personally that are stepping down or they're right. they're like, you know what, I, I can't do it anymore. But I didn't want to mix the conversation. So hopefully once they hear this, if they want to come on and share wh- exactly why they're just like, you know what, I can't do it. Then, I, you know, the mic is always open. I would love to hear that as well. And I'm hoping that people that hear this want to continue this conversation. But it's just like it's it's scary. And I'm not yeah. sure. Um, how old is your oldest? Oh, she's 10. So so we're both in that same category. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we're looking at one more year. We're having to put her through middle school and things like yeah. that. And it's like, not only am I afraid of some of the different things that she's going to be exposed to just socially, but now it's like, right. yeah. are we putting her in the best situations to learn? Right. And that's been the conversations that we're having now. Like, we just want to make sure we're making the right decisions on what schools we're sending them to and putting them in. Make sure all their teachers are actually wanting to be in right. that classroom because yeah, I see it too much, man. It's just like, oh, here we go again. And they just like throw their hands in the air because it's nothing you can really do. And I'm just like, yeah. it's it's yeah. scary. Because me and my wife actually, you know, we had that conversation uh, a couple of days ago. We were talking about what school that she's going to, uh, you know, be able to attend. Because me working for the county, I can send her to any school that I want to, just as long as I can get her there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like you say, my biggest thing is, you know, socially, I know things are going to happen. No setting is perfect, but I want her to be in an environment that's, you know, that pushes uh, for students to be thriving and where the teacher is not getting worn out. They're having to stop every five to 10 minutes to deal with behavior. Not only that, you know, it's that that's their word on the teacher, but that word on the students. And that just create, you can say it just creates a bad environment and how much instructional time is lost uh, from teachers having to deal with behavior. So you may have a 50 minute class, but a 15 minutes every day is having to be dealt with, having to deal with discipline and behavior, man, that takes up so much instructional time within a year. So yeah, I'm going through that same thing you know, right now or whatever. So it's a little anxious and nervous thinking about what's next for. Um, I just want to put her in the right positive environment and hopefully everything that we teach her at home, hopefully that kicks in and just helps push her, you know, to the next level. So Absolutely. hopefully that, that pays off. Absolutely. And that's key to, like you said, what is being taught at home and, you know, not to keep rambling or whatever, you know, I don't want to water down the conversation, but I feel like that's a lost element as well. And, you know, some of the conversation that we had on the previous episode where we were talking about what we can do for the youth and things like that. The conversation came up about single parent households and you got a parent that's constantly trying to work to provide and put food on the table. And the the child is the one that suffers because they really don't have that structure or discipline aspect. And they're kind of raising themselves. And like you said earlier, it's like I don't have no one at home that's going to correct me and things like that. So it's just, I don't, there's not a remedy to it in a sense, because like you said, you you really can't control what's happening at home. You can just hope that you teach your kids and they go out and make the best decisions that they could possibly make. So dope conversation, man. And even me volunteering to coach, I tell them kids all the time, give me your schedules once they go to middle school, because I help with elementary. Once they go to mm-hmm. middle school, I'm pulling up at the games. I'm doing that. 
And like right. I said earlier, it's like the impact that it has. Because mm-hmm. we had some middle yeah. school kids, when they see you, they run, hey, coach, da-da-da-da. And that's what it's all about, just making yeah. a positive impact. And hopefully it'll carry on with them every step of the way. Yeah, like you say, man, they, they you know, they love, you know, just to seeing that support. A lot of times, you know, um, depending on the situation, one parent, like you say, may be absent for, um, you know, working or, or different things like that. It'll just simply just be a one parent household. So when they just see somebody that to support them, man, it, it just goes a long way in them. And, you know, they remember it forever, though. Like, you know, and them leads to conversations when they show up on Monday or whatever day it is. It may be the next day, whenever the next time you see them. Them a conversation that you can just simply spark about. I seen you do this at the game, or I seen you do that. Just have life conversation. That was one of my big things, you know, that uh, I really harped on when I was a teacher. Uh, I kind of, I, I kind of stride away from instructional talk all the time. I just talk to them about life, what's going on in the world, in the, mm-hmm. you know, the country, the uh, pop culture, all that thing. Just different topics, and just trying to see, um, you know, where they were at on a lot of different topics. And man, once you get to talk to them, you'll see, like, hey, man, these kids are bright. They definitely know what's going on at a young age. And uh, some of the things, you know, it, it forms their opinions, some for the good, some for the bad. Um, but but having them conversations with them, you know, you can kind of sway them away from doing whether it's good or bad and just making a bigger impact, just kind of knowing what goes on with them on a consistent basis. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, like I said, dude, like I definitely appreciate your time, man. This is a, a great conversation. Um, at the end of the day, Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Telling you, good, it's, it's, it's so important. Like I'm all the way in Kentucky, you in Georgia, and it's the same thing. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, and I'm pretty sure it's like that around the whole country. Yeah. But that's what's needed. More people like you that are able to shine that light and tap into these kids and figure out what ways you can connect with them, just to help them. My wife as well. Like, I'm telling you, man. Like teachers. Teachers deserve more than what they're getting. And the fact that a lot of people are not pushing for it is what's scary. Like some of the things, you know, not trying to get political and stuff like that, but a lot of the things that people are out here pushing and fighting for, not saying that it's not important, but we're talking about a foundation that impacts people in general, generation after generation is like, once you start watering down education levels and things like that, these are the people we're sending out into the real world. Right. And it's just, it's, it's scary, man. It really is. So like I said, man, I, I definitely appreciate you pulling up, sharing that with us. And for those that are listening, like I said, the podcast will be available on all streaming services as well as YouTube IG pages. Um, I respectfully disagree podcast. Feel free to tap in. Um, is there any anything else you want to touch on or no nah, man i appreciate it you know like you say this is a big topic man not you know worldwide you know especially here in the u.s it, it is a big topic and uh definitely having an influence on how society is if you look gun violence is up in the country um probably what 10 times as much it, it's unbelievable but um it's leaning over to in education not necessarily of course we've seen the school shootings but the behaviors and everything it, it's definitely leaning over into the classroom and i don't really know the solution um like you said earlier i don't know the solution but uh definitely a a great topic that uh should be tackled on a little bit more absolutely and like i said i hope i hope this 
creates a snowball effect and more people want to tap into it and see if I can get some other teachers a part of this. Or if, if you ever want to continue the conversation, whether it's education or talk about sports and things like that, man, the mic is always open dude. like I said, I enjoy yeah, this conversation. This is my second time actually interacting with you. And the first right. time, you know, we sat around talking about sports and stuff. Right. And it's yeah. just like, I'm all for it, man. And real quick, before we get off here, rest in power to Bill Russell. Like, yes, sir. that was a huge blow. I was coming back from the gym and I saw that today and I was just like, he lived a full life, man. So in a full life. I seen it this morning. Yeah, definitely a full life, a full blessed life. Absolutely. Did a lot, man. Did a lot for us as people, not only just in sports. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a pioneer. Yeah, he did a lot, man. That's why I wanted to make sure I touched on that as well. Like I said, we talking about education and influential people, especially African-American males and things like that. So can't end the conversation without bringing that up, especially it happening today. So right. like I said, man, definitely appreciate your time, man. Uh, peace and blessings to you and your family. Feel free to come back, man, anytime. It's the same to you, bro. Take care. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Toasted, no competition. I'm Nisha Toasted. I feel so high. I feel so live.